going on, everybody? And welcome back to Season 2, Episode 40 of The Books, the podcast. We dive deep into the world of sports and sports gambling. Each episode, break down the latest news and trends, provide analysis, and offer up our best bets and betting advice. So let's jump into this week and hit the books. We're on Episode 40. So this week's episode, we have Huff and Ace on with me today. Mackie is out on vacation in Cancun, Mexico. So hopefully a quick recovery from him coming in the next week. NHL and NBA Finals are starting this week as well. We couldn't be more excited about that, but we cannot forget what this means. Football is just 99 days away. So, so close. and We will get to that, but do not forget we have our NHL DraftKings prize pool is now live with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers battling it out for the Stanley Cup. On top of that, we have the NFL and the MLB with some news and things to review. Can't forget about our power rankings in the MLB each and every week. So let's move into this week's episode and introduce my co-host, Ace. Let's start off with you this week. Nice to see you, buddy. Yet another week here on the show. Yeah, what's up, boys? Uh, ready to get talking again. Some more uh, finals coming up now, which is pretty hyped to say. None of my Boston teams made it. You hate to see it. But um, we have some good matchups, so I'm looking forward to talking about that. And uh, baseball's rolling, too. Um, been eating that up the last few days. Some day baseball. Got the MLB TV rolling. Shout out to Jesse. So definitely love watching those games. Um, but yeah, ready to go. Yes, sir. Lots of good stuff to look forward to this week. Huff, let's finish it off with you. What do you got for us here? Episode 40 of this season. Lots of good stuff. Yeah, what's going on? Like you said, the the DraftKings prize pool is now live, so that's definitely uh, been a pretty exciting moment for us, uh, seeing the entries fly in, uh, getting all the all the boys and all the followers to hop on the, the Hit the Books prize pool and you know, put your put your knowledge to the test with the the Stanley Cup Finals, like you said. Our Vegas Golden Knights got there with the future pick Ace. Tough to see uh, your Celtics go down. We'll get into stuff of that, but um, I honestly I like them in that game seven. But we'll get into that when we get into the NBA. But um, other than that, not much going on with me. All righty, boys. Let's jump into the NHL to get us going on this week's episode. Stanley Cup finals are here, but let's review the conference finals before we get into the Stanley Cup. Starting off, the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes faced off. Faced off, and the Panthers were able to complete the series in just four games, sending the Hurricanes home from the conference finals. Hurricanes have not won a conference finals game since their Stanley Cup victory in 2005-2006. Quickly on the West, the Vegas Golden Knights took a commanding 3-0 lead on the Dallas Stars, but the Stars did not give up easy this took the series to six, in which Vegas put the hammer down on Dallas in game six, outscoring them six to zero. This will complete Huff and I's future Vegas Golden Knights to win the Western Conference plus 440. Super pumped about that one. What do you guys got about these uh, round two, you know, Stanley Cup finals matchups? Yeah, we'll, we'll start in the East. Uh, I saw a stat as well off of that that you said the Hurricanes have not won a conference finals game since their 05-06 Cup run. They also they haven't won one, and they've been there three more times. They've gotten swept the, each of the last three times they've been there. 0-12 in the last three conference finals games for the Hurricanes. Not a good look for Hurricanes fans, but um, yeah, the, the Florida Panthers were the better team all series. And like we heard Rod Brindamore say, we didn't get swept. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, the series was 4-0. You did get swept. I don't care how many overtimes we played. Uh, I don't care how many seconds were left on the clock when Matthew Kachuk scored the one goal. Um, I mean, 4-0 sweep. The Panthers were the better team, in my opinion, the whole series. Uh, like I said, my take last week or the week before was I thought the Hurricanes were going to jump out to a 1-0, maybe a 2-0 series lead. And I thought the Panthers were going to battle back and win the series, but when they jumped out to that 2-0 lead, I hopped on them immediately on their home ice, and I'm really glad they got that sweep done. Uh, but, uh, Ace, I don't know about you. You were on that Panthers team. You've been on them all season. I'm interested to hear what you have in the when we get into the cup final, when we're starting to talk Florida versus Vegas, who you have there. But, um, I mean, we kind of went over this series most of last week, but Florida, obviously, they're not going to go out easy, in my opinion. No, and uh, you're definitely right. I've been high on them. Ever since they've uh, beaten those Bruins, I mean, obviously I had to rock with my boys and couldn't bet against them. But I think Mackie had the best quote we said a month ago. I bring it up every week. Um, the Panthers have been playing playoff hockey for, what, now two or three months? They eke their way into the playoffs thanks to your Pittsburgh Penguins. My Bruins aren't going to the Stanley Cup. Um, not taking care of business against the Blackhawks. And then the Panthers get into that eighth seed. 
And they're the former president's trophy winners who added Matthew Kachuk. We see how good he is, the face of the league. You know what I love about that guy? He's going out there, great face of the league that nobody expected to be. And he's on like NBA on TNT, yucking it up with Shaq and uh, Chuck. I mean, young American talent, probably the best American player right now, if you think about it. I mean, Jack Eichel's right there. We get to see the probably the top two Americans face off. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's tough because, you know, Matthews is right there, but the Leafs are just cursed. I don't know. But I, I'm very excited for this cup final. Obviously, I was on Vegas all playoffs, and um, I'm, I'm really excited to see this cup final. But I really thought Vegas was going to get the sweep done as well. Um, but I, actually, I didn't think they were going to get the sweep. I thought it was going to be the you gentleman's sweep in five games. Uh, yeah, get the series done in 4-1 at home. I was shocked to see them uh, not win that that home game, game five. Um, but when you win six six nothing in game six, a commanding win and uh, Vegas Vegas clinches that that future that me and Jesse play. So I was hyped about that. Yeah, plus four hundred odds too. I mean, in the Western Conference favorites coming in, but that was a that was a mucky group that they had there. I mean, nobody really knew who was coming out when you looked at the beginning. I mean, Vegas obviously great pick, but think about all the other takes a lot of people had. People are saying what. I said Edmonton. You heard Colorado easily. People like Dallas, as they should have, um, really took the Vegas Golden Knights to the brink there, gave it their all. I mean, too good of a roster to get swept, in my opinion. And uh, at least they grabbed a few. I'm surprised they didn't send it to seven, though. They got mollywopped at home 6 yeah. nothing in the game. I honestly couldn't believe that. That was mesmerizing to watch just a team just dominate another team they the suffocated them yeah and i i thought dallas was gonna win game six i said that I, I thought i thought dallas was gonna win that game i thought they were going back to vegas for game seven but that's exactly you text um, me you're like i don't know he's like i'd love if vegas would win the night but i think the stars like I, might I, I, do it I, I didn't like dallas enough to bet on them obviously but i thought um, you rode them with me i took them money line and we took them the puck line i thought vegas yeah i thought that was game five uh, I think I wrote it back to back. Had to though. Had to. After yeah, lost uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did. I took both game five. Yeah, they were plus what one ten going into that game six. I mean, even the books had them going back home to Vegas for one more. I think it, I I said it was going to be the same as the NBA. One was a sweep, one go seven, but obviously Vegas clinches it in six. So you know, it's a tough call about that Stars team too. People like to talk about Ottinger. We have done it all year long. However, he had a terrible run. But the crazy thing is, is it really his fault if you're losing six to nothing? That's just a flat out beatdown by the Vegas Golden Knights. They lost every aspect of the game. Ottinger was bad. They couldn't put pucks in the net. Outcoached. Um, they didn't even get many shots on that. Eden Hill had like a 20, 23 save shutout, something like that. I, mean, I was going to say it wasn't anything like crazy. No, he's doing his job, but they're low quality chances. Um, their power play was non-existent. Maybe you chalk that up to the kill that Cassidy's got with this group. Um, but yeah, it was, it was surprising to see that. I mean, a flat out falling on your face in game six, um, Dallas stars fans used to this, I guess we've talked about that too. I mean, how many years <laughs> are they going to go? How many years are they going to go to the conference finals? I mean, is Ottinger not that guy? It seems to be maybe in these big moments. I mean, this, he had a terrible series. He had a he, terrible run. He, I mean, he, yeah, you're right. And he's the reason that they were, I mean, that they were alive in game five or mm -hmm. game four. Like, he is the reason that they were there. I mean, he was making the saves necessary, especially in Game 4. I, I took them in Game 4, not Game 5. But um, I, I I did not think they were getting swept. It was tough, but I don't know. I, I really am excited for this this final. And like you said, I don't know. Ottinger, that's a whole different story because a lot of these, we kept saying who's the best goaltender left and all these good teams and good goalies. Always Ottinger. Yeah, so every time it was Ottinger and six games, six nothing, that's, that's tough. That's tough looking. He got pulled earlier in the series after letting in three shots on or three goals on five shots. So he just was not on his game this series. Mac, he said that last week, and um, I think I think he hit that spot on. It's crazy to see a goalie of his caliber have his outliers be good games, and the consistency was just poor performance night after night. I mean, even when they were winning games, he, was, he I don't think he posted a shutout throughout this run. Just expect a lot more of them, especially in these moments. I mean, that Dallas team's built for a deep run. You think about the talent they have, but it speaks to how good that Vegas Golden Knights team. I mean, William Carlson having his way is what double-digit playoff goals now after his two-goal performance. Um, Jack Eichel actually didn't even have a point last game, I don't think, and they still won 6 nothing. That's pretty nuts. Didn't have a goal all series. 
Yeah, that's crazy. And they still had win four to two without your best player showing up. Speaks to the depth they have. Um, guys like Keegan Colasar stepping up. Uh, what's it? Amadio. Chandler Stevenson. I like him a lot. Michael Amadio. Amadio. I, I yeah. forgot how you say his name. He's, yeah, he's got say, a, I don't know how you pronounce it either. He had a few points going in. Guys like Marsha Soul and Riley Smith, who have been a part of this Vegas team for what seems like such a new team. But if we think about it, they've been around for five plus years now. Yeah, and what's crazy is they've shifted some dudes around since the last time they made their cup run. I mean, I know Carlson's still there, but, like, obviously they don't have Flurry. They don't have, you know, Pacioretty. They brought in guys like Petrangelo and uh, Mark Stone, Eichel. Like, they're they're a new team, and I think they're, they're there's a reason that they're back, and this is their year that they finally got over the hump and got back to the final. Yeah, that, that management really, I mean, we thought they kind of got blessed in this expansion draft. But as they kept building on that team, it just shows you how good the front office is in Vegas. I mean, they're making the right move every time. You think they get rid of Pacioretty? How do you do that? Well, we, we have someone else who's going to come in and take his spot. These guys they're finding fit their roles perfectly. They got blessed with Cassidy leaving Boston and joining a great team who's ready for a cup. He's been there and lost. Never won one himself. Uh, but if I'm the Florida Panthers, I'm licking my lips seeing Aiden Hill in the net. I know that he's playing good. Huff and I have even talked about the long shot odds of him at what plus twelve hundred to win the the Consumite. I mean, that's just crazy to not throw on it. He's the goaltender of one of the of the favored team. You'd think he's got to have a good, decent shot at getting it just from history. But I mean, if I'm the Panthers, we're we've been scoring goals, we've been rocking on the road, we're high flying offense. Like I'm looking to put four or five some crooked numbers up this this series. Yeah, and I guess we'll kind of get into that. Jesse, you want to get into the final? Yeah, let's jump into this Stanley Cup final matchup. We got the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights facing it off this year. Why don't we start off with the overall odds for the whole series. For Vegas to win the Cup, they're sitting at minus 125. The Florida Panthers are sitting at plus 105. But let's jump into Game 1, specifically the odds for Game 1. Vegas is favorited. Minus 1.5 is plus 180. Their money line sitting at minus 134. Florida's money line plus 112. And the over-under sitting at five and a half. The under, or sorry, the over-favorited at minus 120. Interesting. That first game, what you really have to look at going into game one, in my opinion, is the series price, right? We're going to take them game by game, and you're going to see it's going to be a series. I don't think this is going to be a sweep either way. I don't think you think that either, right? Yeah, so so that that's why. I mean, take your series bet from the beginning, and then you got to ride night by night because there's going to be swings in the series. I think there's going to be some 2-1 to one series lead, a 3-2 series lead the other way. I think it's going to be back and forth. Um, two teams that don't really know each other, not too familiar. Maybe the Panthers are a bit familiar to the Bruce Cassidy style of hockey that they played against last year and beat up on in their President's Trophy run. But at the same time, these two teams are very foreign to each other. Um, this is a tough one for me. Vegas and Florida. When you think of the Stanley Cup final, those aren't necessarily the two the two places that you're thinking of to be representing the for the Cup final. But I don't know. Like you said, I I think it's definitely going to be a series. I I have Vegas winning it in six. I feel like I have to just keep riding them. And um, I don't know. I th- I want to say seven, but I really think this is a at some point i don't know if bobrovsky has got to slow down he can't keep winning these one nothing two nothing games for florida like you said if they're looking at if they're looking to beat vegas in this final they need to get they need to get to aiden hill and get to him fast and put like you said four or five in the net cuz vegas is able to hang around in those kinds of games and if they're able to if they're able to put bucks behind aiden hill i i think florida's definitely going to be the better team in this series but um, I like Vegas. I'm going to go with Vegas and six as my pick. Um, but I, what's what's crazy is I wouldn't be surprised if Florida wins game one. Yeah, Florida, I mean, like we've said all series, they've been, or all playoffs, they've been uh, road warriors, really taking two teams that are In known for their high ice. Think about it. The Carolina Hurricanes, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins, teams with strong home ice presence, getting dominated in their own building, and then shell-shocked. And I think that's what's going to happen. I really think that the Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be shocked at how quick and how fast this Florida Panthers team is a lot younger. I was looking at the way they were built. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that post I might have sent in the chat. The way that these Panthers are built. A lot of them drafted, claimed off waivers, a few trades, and a few signings. Obviously, everything you need to go into it. But all within the last few years is the thing I'm I'm interested in. 
It's a very young group. They're playing well together. I like the Panthers in seven. I think this one goes a distance. The Panthers have had their way throughout most of the, the run, but this, this valiant Vegas Golden Knights team has been here. They're older. They're well-coached. Um, they stick around in games. Like you said, how many overtimes have we seen in both series? The last, the last few for both teams. I was going to say, I think the first two games of each series both went to overtime in both series. Yeah, that was pretty crazy to see, honestly. But you got to think, I mean, they're both going to hang around. They'll both have heroics. They're not going to shy away from the moment. Um, like I said, I think that the Panthers could go up like 2 nothing, then find it 2-2 the other way, or down 3-2 going into game six. But I like their. Uh, I like it to go seven, and I like the road team to come away with it. I think the road team is going to have great value throughout this whole series. Um, going to look at Matthew Kachuk, obviously, as a uh, Con Smythe winner. Like you said, I think Bob slows down a bit. Yeah, it's just I feel like they gotta they gotta put more pucks in the net. They can't. They're not gonna win those two nothing games against Vegas. No, no, definitely not. But I mean, Bob's having those runs like we've seen Tim Thomas have it, Jonathan Quick have it. I mean, do you think the Cinderella goes on? The other way to think of it is you like Vegas. You're getting great odds for what a one or a two seed in the West. A one seed versus an eight, an eight seed. We seed, said that. Yeah. We said that last week. We said the odds, the series odds. We said they're going to be underdogs. And Mac, he was like, no, no, no. They they could be favored. And we're like, it'll be like plus one hundred, plus one hundred five. Yeah. Yep, and that's what it is. Plus one ten. I mean, I like that value for the Panthers, but I like the per game basis better. Um, hmm, I'm gonna have to see. I've already actually thrown on the Panthers to win the series. So I'm going I to think stick you're with right. that. But. I think there is value to take, just literally take the underdog every game this series and see what happens. But then you're, you basically are taking road teams, and these are the two best road teams left. I mean, they're the only teams left, but they were the best road teams all playoffs. Yeah, and it's it's such an interesting matchup. So we really have Jack Eichel, that top line, and that, all that depth going against this Panthers defense, playing great hockey. I mean, Gustav Forsling, Radko Gudis, Aaron Ekblad, Mark Stahl. I mean, Brandon Montour. That's a good group they have. Bob standing on his head. Who do you think has more firepower, those Carolina Hurricanes or the Vegas Golden Knights? Obviously Vegas, but it's it's pretty close. And Bob stymied them all series long. Who do you think has better goaltending, Carolina or Vegas? Uh, Carolina, but the team game, like the defensive game that Vegas plays is so much better. Vegas's size is so undervalued too. Yeah, like they're like, they're like. Do you remember a couple of years ago when everyone was saying all those stats? Like, um, you have to be so big to win the Stanley Cup. Like the past, so many teams were all mm. so heavy that won the cup and like all this stuff. But I feel like Vegas. Yeah, you said like they just played that more physical brand. But the way that Florida's been playing, they play so fast. They just buzz everywhere. Guys like Sam Bennett playing in that goon role. But the talent extends deep throughout that lineup. Um, I've touched on that roster plenty of time. And there's continuous contributions from everybody that steps on the ice. Um, it's going to be a great series. I expect... Uh, uh, you think it starts off uh, high scoring? I think it, as, as the series gets tighter and closer to the end, I think it's going to get towards those unders. Early on, I'm going to look for overs in these games as they feel each other out. But once it gets to someone gets three wins on either side... It's gonna go under for the rest of the series, yeah, in my opinion. The, cl- the series clinching games, yeah, you gotta go. You gotta think they keep it to the vest, especially Vegas. Like, I think the early games, like you said, I think we could see a four-three uh, game one where it go either way in overtime. I think it could go to overtime three-three easy game one. Things like the power play too. People don't think about that in hockey, but as you see it throughout the series, more you can defend those uh, intricacies that everybody has um, early on. It's gonna work a lot more. Um, goalies feeling everything out as well. Probably the moment's big. Think about this moment for both these goaltenders. I mean, neither one has played in a Stanley Cup final before. Um, a lot of snipers like we've talked about. I'm, I'm going to be riding the over in the first game. That's my favorite bet. But I'm going to got to remember to put that on the card um, come game time. But I, I like the value on the Panthers to get it done in game one. Game two, different story. I think, I don't know. We'll see. But I like the Panthers and the over in the first one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know my side. I, I, I'll have to think about that come Saturday. But I, I definitely like that overpick. I think I think that could be easy. Three three, which is crazy to say because of the way that Borowski's been playing. But even even though he's been playing like that, they've won some uh, some high scoring matchups. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was just, just against gonna... Carolina. Those two nothing. That two nothing game. That one nothing game come to mind. 
who do, who do you, you think the I mean? top players are coming into this series? Right, give me the top five blindly. Give me the top five coming into the series. Like right now in this series, who's the best yep. player? Who do you think? Right, who do you think is going to perform the best? Kachuk, one. Yeah, I'll go Eichel too. I think he had a bad series last series. I think he has a. I think he has a big series now. Um, I'll go. I'm going to go with my Con Smythe pick, Aiden Hill three. I think he has a big series. I'll go Bobrovsky and then Montour. I feel like that motherfucker always gets points. Yeah, he he's he's all over the ice. He had the series clincher against the Bruins or series tire, I believe, and then Verhey had the series clincher. But he's he's been playing well for a guy out of Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo just giving up more guys to go to the cup with Eichel. But I'll give you my top five real quick. I had more time to think on it before you did kind of put you on the spot there. Well, I'll go with uh, Kachuk up at one. I'm going to put Bob right behind him. That's how you can tell how I lean for the series. After that, I'm going to go with um, William Carlson. I think he continues a great run. He's yeah, on that's fire. that's a good point. Um, fourth, I will go with... I, I can't go with a goalie, really. Um, I'm going to go with Gudis, not from like his points or anything like that, but the style of play that he's going to have on this Vegas lineup. They haven't played a defenseman or team as physical as this yet or as intense, and he's going to get two of them. Um, some hot heads on that roster, too. We'll have to see how Eichel handles that. But I'm going to go with Gudis at four, and then I'll go Eichel at five. I think he definitely shows up. That's why I think he goes the distance. I think Carlson will be consistent throughout the series. He'll probably have four or five goals. He has a lot of multi-goal no- nights, if you notice. Um, yeah. But I think Eichel steps up, too, on that side. No defenseman on that Vegas team, even though they have some great names like Pacerangelo. Um, I think that's going to be a bit more high-flying, but then Bob steals the show late, and that'll propel him up to the the two seed i think they could go down three to two and win this in seven it's a good take i agree. i definitely could see that happen i'm we, so glad i took uh, jesse i'm so glad we took that western conference like i said and we don't have to worry about great odds too really great odds were they the favorite or the, they were the two probably behind the abs maybe? they were behind they were behind the abs yeah yeah that's nice good hit yeah solid pick there Hoff. uh I think we got our- just hammered at a bar in Vegas, and I texted Jesse. I'm like, "What odds we got on this?" He's like, "440." I'm like, "Let's take it." <laughs> no bias at all. Not sitting yeah. <laughs> right. Not, no bias. <laughs> I literally was just like, "I don't have a horse in the race here. I'm 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 in Vegas the day the playoffs start. That's my new team." <laughs> yeah, and it's not like you're picking any Jamoke either, though. Yeah, number I mean, one, the one seed, seed in the Western Conference. That's a good one. I can't, it's just crazy that the Avs were the favorite. Uh, I mean, with them being the one seed, it's just I don't know. The abs are the abs. They're already they're already the favorite to win the cup next year at like plus eight hundred. And I'm like, they're good, but like I don't feel like there's any true favorite in the NHL that you can look ahead a year no. right now. Unless it's the lightning is, during their run. I was gonna say like right now, I don't think you can say any team should have under plus a thousand odds. I think teams are getting too much respect in these coming years because, like, because of what the Lightning did, they're like, oh, the Avalanche are the new Lightning. Like, no, that's not the norm. Nobody wins three. Right. Yeah. Right. I think we are geared up for a great Stanley Cup series here, Vegas and Florida. Lots to look forward to is moving to that series. I think the Panthers are going to win it in six. But if they aren't able to get in six, I do think Vegas takes it in game seven. I just think that they are going to come out and do another. Dallas Stars type deal. Maybe not 6 nothing, but just handle them in that game. All right, we have a couple new coaches across the league in the NHL. The Washington Capitals have hired Spencer Carberry as their new head coach, and the Predators have hired Andrew Brunette as their head coach. So lots to look forward to as some changes are happening here in the league. New coaches, things like that, and some of these teams that are getting a little shaken up. Uh, Barry Trotz, the general manager of the Predators, making that decision. Capitals, obviously, on some stilts, trying to figure that whole deal out. Alrighty, let's move over to the NBA. The conference finals also wrapped up in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets in the Los Angeles Lakers tipped off, and the Nuggets took over that series in just four games to sweep the Lakers out of the playoffs this year, as we talked about with LeBron possibly retiring, things like that. Lots to look forward to in that one. The Celtics and the Miami Heat are on the other side of that narrative, going the distance to Game 7. The Heat taking it at large in Game 7, sadly sending Aces Boston Celtics home. So what do you guys think about the conference finals? Anything? Any good comments? I mean, 
we'll get that Denver Lakers series out of the way first. We touched on that a lot last week, but I think we'll talk about it more in the matchup. But what an utter and complete failure by the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. But let's not take away from the utter and complete failure that the Boston Celtics had at home in Game 7. Another Game 7 lost in this playoffs this year from the Boston teams in the Garden. Um, seemed pretty cursed at home. Uh, tore my heart out. I literally, again, for the second time this year, I bought into the hype. But this time, coming back from 3-0, I had the plus 650 ticket. I was texting Jesse. I was ready to make clips. And I, just like the Boston Celtics, um, thought that the series was over when we won in Game 6. The most improbable win. What a great three games. Um, shout out to Joe Mazzula, honestly, um, for turning that thing around. It could have been ugly with that 4-0 sweep. Obviously, same outcome, but i uh, got to give credit where credit's due, and I'm going to give that to the coach, especially the play he drew up, even if it's not specifically him. That last play of the game um, in Game 6 was was perfect, but I can't believe this Game 7 collapse they had. Um, I was shocked, Huff. I, I think you were too. Yeah, I, did, I didn't like the spread either way. The one play that I did like it, uh, I ended up taking was the under. I think I got a 2.05. I don't really remember what I ended up getting it at, but I liked the under in that game. I thought it was going to be a lot of defense back and forth, but um, Miami came to play, and like you said, I saw you say it in the group chat, they were living and dying by the three ball, and Caleb Barton absolutely was on fire for the Heat. And I mean, we saw he was a vote away from being the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Um, I don't love that they do the Conference Finals MVP stuff, but yeah. it's the NBA. Like no, one, like, no one cares that Jimmy, like Jimmy Butler and who Jokic got it. Yeah. I don't know. That's I just I always thought it was weird that they do that. I didn't I honestly didn't even know that they do that until I saw that graphic that someone said like Caleb Martin was one vote away from being the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. But um, I, I like the Celtics going back when, once they got it back to Boston in game seven. I, I was just right there with everyone else. I thought the Celtics had this series wrapped up. I didn't like the eight points or whatever it was, nine points. But I, I did like Boston to win that game. And um Jimmy Jimmy didn't play his best games his best game at parts of that game, but uh, the 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 depth and bench of that Heat team really really is what carried the way. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, there's so many knee jerk reactions out of Boston fans right now. Um, obviously heartbroken because everybody thought like they were in the perfect spot to win. But if you recall back to last week, I said they just have to win. Well, they'd already been they made, they made it three one, so they win four in a row. But I was saying they only have to win three in a row. But I said the tough thing is they can't have that hiccup where they give up one game just because of the spot they put themselves in. Like, they're the better team, but they shot themselves in the foot before the series really started. And then you just lose one game and you're done, just like that. Um, still can't believe that, though. Expect a lot more. Um, Jalen Brown, awful game. I think the Jason Tatum injury definitely has something to do with that. Um, such a tough play. First play of the game, see J- yeah. Jason Tatum rolling his ankle. You're like, oh, that's not good at all. And then, of course, nobody else steps up. Derek White ter- trying to turn into superhero, but he's really not him. Um, he was obviously had clutch plays in Game Six and throughout the series, and he had a great night in Game Seven. But uh, he's not the guy that you need leading the way. Celtics continue to chuck up threes, but nobody was hitting them. Same goes the other way for the Heat, though. But they were just their role players are just that role players. Their role is to hit threes, and that's what they were doing. Like you said, great play on the under. The defense on both sides was electric. Um, but Grant Williams coming into the game, getting exposed, every big buckets against him. Um, guys like Caleb Martin just slapping every three they get. Duncan Robinson, solid game. Celtics actually played good defense. I honestly thought they were going to put up over 120 because that's what they did all season long. But they laid an egg in game seven. And uh, that, that one's going to sting. Another chance to get back to the finals for back-to-back years. Uh, looks like they're going to have to go that long road again. But kudos to the Miami Heat. I mean, Eric Spolstra, one of the best coaches of all time. Uh, Pat Riley's in something like what twenty five percent of all the finals in NBA yeah, it's history. Insane. Between yeah. playing, coaching, and owning, it's insane. I saw, I saw this the other day, but um, curious to hear what you have to say about this. So Jimmy Butler, his whole career has kind of had that chip on his shoulder, and he did every team he's played for. How perfect of a fit is this for him? He has guys that buy into the system. No big mouths, no big names. A great coach, great owner, great fan base where everybody just grinds day in and day out. Nobody says anything. Best player alongside of him is a center, which helps the cause oh so much. Um, Bam Adebayo. But everybody else really just plays their role well. Um, Just a great spot for Jimmy to end up. Yeah, and this is exactly what he wanted 
obviously, like you said, this is exactly what he wanted that Timberwolves team to be with Cat. And I think D'Lo was there. And obviously in Philly with Embiid and Simmons and like Tobias Harris and that whole team that was there, that Philly team was loaded. Um, but I mean, now he gets it. He gets a chance to do it with him, with him, yeah, with his own team in Miami. He's already been there with them. But um, I, I would, I really would like to see either one of these teams win the ring. Uh, it really doesn't matter for me either way. But obviously, I'm pulling for Jokic. I want to see him get his first. But I'd also love to see Jimmy get one after this run because this run that the Miami Heat are on from playing to NBA Finals, knocking off the one seed in the first round. Um, and then second round, they get a Knicks team that was, you know what I mean? They were an underdog in their first round matchup, but then they take the Celtics to seven games. I know they had a 3-0 lead and almost blew it, but they still got that seventh win. This is a nine-point underdog in Boston. So uh, Miami in, in the NBA Finals is a crazy run. So I would like to see really either one of these teams win, but go ahead. Yeah, like you said, that Miami team, I mean, just got to give Jimmy Butler his flowers a bit more. He's really played with that chip on his shoulder, trying to prove himself his whole career that he is a good basketball player. And that brand of basketball is still relevant in today's NBA. Um, the team game, the hard work and all of that. Um, I think I saw a stat that he's had the most playoff games since he's joined the Heat, something like 200, something like that. Think about every series he goes to, it's 7-7-7-7. Seven, 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 seven. Mm-hmm. He's grinding it out in every single one. Um, he's a gamer, for sure, and gamers still get, the, get those wins. It's like the opposite of LeBron like 10 years ago when LeBron was just sweeping everyone. Yeah. Just going four games, four games, four games. Jimmy's going seven, seven, seven. Alrighty, let's jump into this final series and run over these odds real quick. To win the NBA championship, the Nuggets are favored at minus 460 here on FanDuel. The Heat coming in at plus 350. Just some incredible value there on the Heat. But going into Game 1 on Thursday in Denver, the Nuggets are favored by 9 points. The money line, Their money line sitting at minus 390. The Heat money line at plus 310. The over-under sitting at 219.5. The under favored at minus 112. What do you guys got? Who do you think is coming out of this one to be our See, NBA championship? That's my thing with this series is I love the Nuggets so much, but there's value on the Heat money line in every single game. If they're going to be plus 300 in Denver in game one, uh, I probably won't take it in game one because I like Denver with the rest uh, to to handle business in game one at home. But game two, I'm definitely going to be looking at that Heat money line, especially if they're down 1-0 and you can get a plus 325, plus 330 money line in one game. You might be a 10 and 11 point underdog. You can take that as well. Yeah, I think um, there's going to be some value on the Heat throughout the series. And you know what's tough is I was just on the Heat uh, a lot against the Bucks and against the Knicks, if you recall. I was riding their money line. But another story with a Florida team against my Boston team. Can't be riding them, but they're getting disrespected on these books. Crazy. Um, if you tease like a, to- a game total and uh, the points, that's what I told my buddy who's a Heat fan going into the game. I really thought that the Celtics were going to win. Um, so I said, tease the points for the Heat and the under. That would have been a perfect play last game. I think that might be a perfect play in a lot of these games coming up, just getting them at like 15 or 16 when they're plus eight and a half, you know, but I, I don't, I don't see the heat. Dude, they're going to be, the they're going to be five. They're going to be five and a half point underdogs, six point underdogs at home. Yeah. And the crazy, well, it depends on how the series goes though. Let's see. Yeah. The, the you're Celtics, right, you're right. the Celtics spread tightened up a bit as they went to and oh, you know? Um, yeah. But if the nuggets, if the nuggets are up two oh. Oh yeah, and this goes back to Miami for game three. It, it's going to be a third. They might be a ten point dog at home, a twelve point dog at home. Which I would love. I would love to I see would that. Take the, I would just take the money line. I literally would just take it. Well, I'd take the points and the money line because you're getting that many points in the playoff game at home. I'd but take the money line and do what you said. Tease the points the, up to like twenty in the under. In the under. Yeah, just because of the way that the brand of basketball, the Heat play, but. Um, I, I'm going to be different than my NHL take here. I don't think both Cinderella stories end well for Miami. I think this one could come up to a, an abrupt and utter halt. Uh, I'm going to disrespect Jimmy Butler. He loves it. I think everybody's doing that, which might be the great recipe, perfect storm for him. But I like Nikola Jokic to get his first ring in the year. He doesn't get an MVP. Yeah, I think it, I think it was kind of made to work out that way. The MB, the Embiid year, he gets his MVP and Jokic 
doesn't even matter. Sweep LeBron in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I like I like the Nuggets to win this series. I think in five, uh, I might go six just to give the Heat a little bit of respect, but I definitely like the Nuggets to win this thing. I like Jokic to get his first ring, but like I said, major props to Jimmy Butler in this run that the Heat have been on. I uh, definitely am not doubting them in this series. I think there's value, like I said, in them going in and out of each of these games. If you're going to get a plus 300 money line on this team that's playing this well, uh, if the Joker has one bad game, you could easily get a cash of heat money line. Nice plus 300 ticket. But um, as far as winning the series, I got the Nuggets. Yeah, it's such a crazy odds for a finals. It's like, how do you not sprinkle? But the thing is, I'm not. Like, you know what you don't do is that because it's just throwing away your money, in my opinion. Quote this, you missed, clip this. You missed the tr- I was going to say, if you don't have a heat future by now, you missed the train because I sent that thing. They were 100 to 1 after the play in tournament. And then. Going into the Western Conference Finals, I think they were still plus 1,800. Or going into the Eastern Conference Finals, I think they were still 1,800. Now they're plus 330. So it's like a few, um, 1,850, I think, was the last chance to buy in on them. But, I mean, it's tough. Is this, and, a Denver, and, this is a Denver Nuggets team going for their first championship, right? Yeah, first championship ever. Yeah, I mean, come on. Got to expect it to come at some point. Jokic, like, walking Hall of Famer. Did you see something that his triple double in game one is negative odds? It's like minus one ten. That's insane. And I was gonna say, you said the thing about uh, you don't think both Cinderella stories come to a, come to an end with good runs. I I obviously picked Vegas and Denver. I think uh, most Philadelphia fans will be glad they'll be chirping the trying to chirp Florida for the. Well, they lost two championships and, yeah. and, and like you know what I mean. Take with some the of the heat away from themselves, as exactly. Philadelphia, yeah. we'll remember you just lost the the what you what you lose. You lost the Super the Bowl, MLS, and the you World lost Series. the finals. The God, no, three finals, finals in one year. Philadelphia, MLS, yeah, get smoked. Even the MLS. Imagine being from Philly, couldn't be me. But I, I'm excited to see how these teams match up. Uh, Bam out of buyout. Duncan Robinson, uh, Caleb Martin, Kyle Lowry, Max Struess. The lineup is pretty deep for that Miami team. Um, maybe a bit deeper than Denver team, but I like the starting five from the Nuggets a bit more. Um, Contavious Caldwell Pope, you've talked about the role he's played. I think he might have an efficient role in this series as well as that extra guy on the wing. Does his job, slaps threes. And then I think Jokic is a beast inside. You got Porter Jr. and uh, Jamal Murray. They'll, they'll do their thing. And Bruce Brown off the bench, uh, that's a good addition, honestly, coming from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, very underrated player, but he, he's good size, um, gets buckets for them when needed. So I like what Denver has here, and I, I agree with you, five or six here. I, I think it might be worthwhile looking to four to one or four to two, but don't be surprised if they could walk away with a sweep. Jimmy Butler doesn't, well, he loves hearing this. Write him off. He always wins, but I like the Nuggets here. I agree. It's gonna to be tough to bet this series, though. Like you said, with the line, if they go if they go up early, it's gonna to be tough to bet this series. I think we're set up with two great finals, both you know in the NHL and the NBA. So lots to go over and lots to look forward to for each episode as we gear into the end of those. Let's head over to the NFL. I got a couple points here. The NFL season is less than a hundred days away. As we look ahead of this season, what's one future? that you had your eyes on or saw value in? The one the one that I was looking at, um, I, I've obviously had a couple picks that I, I like, and um, I was looking at a couple of the MVP odds, and Ace, I don't know who, obviously it's so far out, and the odds aren't going to change much, um, but before the season, obviously we always see those. If you bought in at this point, uh, you know what I mean? You get this award, like, I mean, I'll rip through some of these awards, or some of these, like, the one that I liked was I think Joe Burrow plus seven hundred for an MVP. Uh, I think that has some value, even though I, I I'll be taking a bias pick at Kenny Pickett probably. If I think I saw forty six hundred, like I'll sprinkle a little ticket on that just in case. But um, I'd probably have to say uh, I'm going to go with an MVP, and I'll say I think Mahomes or Burrow, but I, I'm going to go with Burrow. I think this is the year uh, that he gets his MVP. That's a good take, and I feel like a lot of Bengals fans feel that way. Um, I don't think it gets done. That's such a tough division. Even your Steelers, having uh, even though they projected to be towards the bottom of the division, that's a tough team to beat. That Ravens defense is really good. That Browns defense got a little bit better, adding Zadarius Smith. Um, I think we could see some regression there, and I honestly think that this new Baltimore Ravens team can get that division win too, which kind of alludes to 
me staying away from that. Um, I was just looking over here at a few. I was looking at um, an NFL prop for the most rushing yards. I like Derrick Henry there at plus 800. That's pretty crazy to me that he's undervalued there. Is um, it because they don't know where he's going to be playing, do you think? Derrick Henry? Yeah, is he going to be in Tennessee? Like, what's going on with that? Yeah, he's going to play. I, I bet you he does. He's too good. He's one of those guys that can get an MVP on his own. I don't, I don't see him sitting out. Just like we saw Eckler come to terms with the Chargers. Um, I know that the he doesn't want to be in a rebuilding. So That's why they give him the ball every play. They don't have anybody that can throw. I mean, is it the last year of Tannehill? Like, come on. Yeah, true. That's a good, that is a good point because all they're going to do is run the ball. Yeah. At, some, at the same time, I also like look at the NFL Comeback Player of the Year awards. Um, I saw something about my boy Mac Jones being up for that. Uh, if he can have a good year, I don't think he can get the comeback player of the year. I think some people are taking Demar Hamlin, which would be. More I was going to say if Demar Hamlin touches a field, I think he's going to get it. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, that's more of a PR. He's pick. minus two. He's minus two fifty for it. That's crazy. Uh, it's just because he's practicing and stuff now. Yeah, I mean, kudos to him. Can't say anything about that, but if I, if they, they should have second place. Comeback player of the year. If they could, I would like to look at that this year. Um, <laughs> a lot of guys coming back from injury, like Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Jimmy Garoppolo, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, I guess you could say that. But Jimmy G, if he can, I mean, he failed his physical though with the Raiders. But if he can get everything straight and uh, Lam- get going, Lamar with that, has the second best odds on Vandal. Really? Yeah. That's, that's weird Demar, to me because Demar, Demar Hamlin minus two fifty, Lamar Jackson plus eighteen hundred. Tua plus two thousand, and then John Mechie plus two thousand. Hmm. So yeah, I'd look at Garoppolo if he was playing. Uh, I think he could really have a big year with the Raiders and McDaniel's. But I guess that makes sense. If you're gonna look at that Lamar Jackson play, then it essentially thinks you're gonna have a great year. I would look at him more of in an MVP season. Um, if everything my brother tells me is right, you know, big Ravens bias there, um, then he should be good enough to get another MVP and return to form with all the weapons he has now. Um, what are the odds sitting at for him to win the MVP this year? Lamar? Yeah. Um, 1,500. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I mean, with all the weapons he has and everything he can do, if you see him leading his division, which means he'll probably be a one or a two seed in the AFC, uh, I bet you he could be in that conversation if he can stay healthy the fifth year. Fulfilling that contract, being happy, getting weapons added there. Um fully healthy like i said and getting the bag so i like lamar jackson the ravens a lot this year i was high on them last year obviously injuries crippled their season but i think that they'll have a good run yeah i'm just not i'm not sold on the josh allen hype i don't know i don't, I don't yeah i think they might lose their claim of the division soon yeah me they too and to. i really lo- i like josh allen a lot i just think that front office isn't doing enough to help him no, letting guys like Tremaine Edmonds walk, um, the defense losing some cornerstones. We see the temper tantrums from Stefan Diggs really iterating the the thought process there up in Buffalo. Uh, I was high on Miami last year. I'm not a believer in the Jets, regardless of getting Aaron Rodgers. I think Miami's uh, the team to beat their most talent, I guess I, I would say. Yeah, they got the most studs all around, all around the field. Like I said, the NFL season is less than 100 days away. We find out that DeAndre Hopkins has been officially released from the Arizona Cardinals. Curious to where you guys see him ending up and what teams would be a good fit or who should make an offer on him. Ace, what do you think? I've heard I've heard so much talk about this. Um, everybody seems to be amazed by the DeAndre Hopkins hype. And I've been high on him my whole, my whole life, his whole career. I've always said he's a top five receiver. And he shows that with the plays like that, Hale Murray and whatnot. But the thing is, who, how much are you willing to pay for a guy that's that old? How good is he still? Um, if you go to a contender like the Chiefs or the Bills where they can make the money happen, then I, I really like that. But my dark horse to go get him would be the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think they could afford him. Um, all, whoever is going to get him and he's going to make an impact, he's going to have to work a contract in my opinion. See, the one place I kind of see him going that I saw them interviewing the quarterback on TV was Cleveland to play with Deshaun Watson again. I thought that would uh-huh. be kind of cool, and that's coming from a coming from a Steeler fan. I thought that would be kind of kind of definitely a realistic landing spot for him in Cleveland. But 
Um, I definitely could see Dallas, but we're always I've been hearing Chiefs, Bills, Chiefs, Bills, but it's always Chiefs, like, Bills, Eagles. Yeah, exactly. Just the three best. Ravens, Ravens too. I mean, a lot of people were telling me, oh, they got Odell Beckham Jr. though. No, Odell Beckham Jr. is a great ad, but if you can get DeAndre Hopkins and make it work, then you get DeAndre Hopkins. He's your wide receiver one. And they were like, oh, well, Odell doesn't play well in that role. Well, did we not see him just win a Super Bowl as the 1B to Cooper Cup? And that's where he really excelled in that role. I mean, I know they have guys like Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman, um, Devin Duvernay. But I, don't think, me, I don't think Rashad Bateman's that good. That's all three of those guys are threes, in my opinion. Twos are threes. Um, obviously, Zay Flowers, you have to be seen. But if you could add DeAndre Hopkins to the mix in Baltimore, boy, that would be something. But I think, imagine, Cleveland. Imagine, I think Cleveland with Deshaun Watson would be that'd be something. that'd be crazy. I, I didn't even think about that. That'd be a good Deshaun one. Deshaun said he was calling. They they said in the interview. I think Deshaun said he's been he's he still talks to him all the time. Like, do you think he so. joins? Like DeAndre Hopkins gets claimed by one of those teams in the arms race of the AFC. I think it's tough, but I think. I think the Chiefs is where he's gonna go because Mahomes is just gonna say, I, "I want, I want DeAndre Hopkins," and all yeah. of a sudden it's done. But I don't know; that's tough. I, I think the Chiefs is probably gonna be the one, the place where he goes. I was thinking a good landing spot for him could be somewhere like Jacksonville, but I don't think he wants to go play in a small market like that. Nah, yeah, he. I think he also wants kind of somewhere he's not the true one. Like if he goes to Baltimore, he's the one. But there's like you said, there's names around him where he's not out there. Every Cleveland, play. Cleveland, he'd have Amari Cooper. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also Donovan saw Peoples that, Jones. I like him a lot too. I don't know why I've seen this because I feel like their receiving core is nice. Is the Los Angeles Chargers, but I've seen that he he'd consider that team as well. I think it's that's probably just he wants to live in LA. Yeah, and catch passes from Justin Herbert. That's a great team. That that franchise is I. I they always end in bitter, uh, bitter taste at the end of the season, but. It's a great team. Dude, I mean, all the pieces they have are perfect in, in LA. Two years ago, all they needed to do was tie, and they called a timeout against the Raiders, and the Raiders kicked the field goal, and it sent the Steelers to Kansas City for the playoffs. Yeah, that was crazy. I remember that. Everyone was like, bet the tie. It's going to tie. It's going to tie. And it literally almost tied. I was walking. I was pacing around my basement. I'm like, Steelers are going to miss the playoffs because this fucking game tied. And literally, like, remember the whole overtime? It literally started to look like they weren't trying. Yeah. And then Brandon Staley tries to be a hard ass, and he's like, "Timeout! I'm gonna ice the kicker." It's like, "What the fuck are you icing us for? We're in th- we're 30 yards away. We can end your season right here." Yeah, that's crazy. That was crazy. But now, last take on this DeAndre Hopkins piece. Um, you think he draws us out for a while, or will he sign anytime soon? I think he draws. I, I don't. I think he draws it out. I'd be surprised if he's if like all these optional OTAs and shit. Like he's not. He doesn't want. We'll have some breaking news for you on that as it comes, but I bet you it comes over a month away. Yeah. You think Fourth of July, like after Fourth of July? Yeah, like just before, like in the midst of training camp. I was gonna say midst the training camp, like two weeks in the training camp, someone's gonna get hurt and boom, DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins. Ezekiel Elliott or DeAndre Hopkins? Who goes first? I think Zeke will sign first. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I just that's part of me just thinks because the receivers like to hold it out, but I also think a lot of these teams are going to play hardball with Zeke. I feel like there's a bigger market for DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. There's more, there's more some... quarter. There's more quarterbacks that are like, I need weapons. And when you say you need weapons, you need receivers. Like you can plug any motherfucker in at running back in the NFL if you have a good offensive line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you have well, a good enough passing game, the running game is going to be open. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong about that. I mean, obviously, Zeke would be a game changer compared to some others. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, this DeAndre Hopkins news, I've been reading some of the stuff, and a lot of teams are in on him, but not at the price he's looking for. So I wonder if it's going to be more of him ring chasing or chasing a bag, because it's a very different outlook of teams of who can afford him and who can get him. I'd like to see him play some meaningful football games again. I wonder. I miss that that Texans... That Texans Chiefs game where they were up twenty four nothing and then Mahomes came back, it was the exact same thing as what Trevor Lawrence did to the Chargers last year. Alrighty, one more point here in the NFL. Tua Tagovailoa, I don't even know how to say his name. Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa, officially healthy <laughs> heading into the new season 
after picking up his fifth-year option, the Dolphins expect a lot out of this Alabama product. How do we see him doing this upcoming year? Do we see him showing up and showing out, or do we see him dropping the ball? <laughs> I think he has a good season. Um, Mike McDaniels, I love the offense he runs, and how can you not be good with Jalen Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill? Tyreek I mean, can... That's such a great offense. They added some more alongside it, and that defense is getting stronger. But McDaniels in the place he brought from San Francisco have really lit it up. And uh, I think they'll they'll be a playoff team uh, this year. After did they get in? They they just got in last year and they lost. Skyler Thompson got in. Yeah, yeah. But that's to his team. And if he can stay healthy for a full year, he's got to do better at avoiding contact. And I bet you they're working on that this year. But um, yeah, I expect a big year out of Tua. Yeah, I do too. I think I think they're definitely in the race to win that division. Obviously, with like you said, the they definitely have the most names all around the field. I'm not sold on the Rodgers and the Jets hype. Uh, I think there's going to be tough, like you said, there's tough divisional matchups all the way around in the AFC East, whether it's the Bills. Um, I think the the favorites to win the division should be the Bills and then the Dolphins. Um, I just think the Dolphins have some guys that, are, like you said, that they added on defense and they were there last year. I think uh, this Dolphins team is definitely pretty legit. You know what's crazy is, um, not really a dark horse, but as a lower odds guy, I saw him on the on the the image at least. Is Tua in the MVP race? If he has a good season, he can put up astronomical yards in McDaniel's offense. Remember at his peak, he was throwing like three hundred to four fifty yards a game, like every. Yeah, week. he was like a, he was a crazy fantasy quarterback. Yeah, and he he mixes in running, which I think they want to limit a bit more. But uh, if he gets going with those weapons, I mean, he's only going to get better too. He's a young quarterback, Alabama product. I mean, he's an athlete. Two is two is a gamer. Absolutely. All those Miami teams got gamers. Butler, Kachuk, Tua. <laughs> Alrighty, boys. Lots of good stuff out of the NFL. Just let 99 days away until we have our kickoff. So real excited about that as we gear up for that. The MLB is next, and we have our latest power rankings for this week. Coming in at number five, we have the Atlanta Braves. Number four, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Number three, the Texas Rangers. Number two, the Baltimore Orioles. And number one, the Tampa Bay Rays. Another solid list there for yet another week of our power rankings. Any comments on that? Look at the Rays still atop our standings. Rays, Rays still there. And then us, the Orioles, the AL East is just taking over. Yeah, I mean, that Orioles team way ahead of schedule. And the Yankees just uh, coming along as well. Red Sox and Blue Jays still having solid seasons. And uh, they're just kind of in the woodworks. Um, the Dodgers sticking around crushed us today on the card. We had them in the parlay with the Braves, and they let us down against a weak Nationals team. You hate to see it, but Noah Syndergaard's kind of washed. But that team's really good. Um, always have been. Same with the Braves. Uh, so expect to see them week after week. I still think these Rays are going to fade out of it, but they haven't yet. Yeah, they're, they, they keep sitting right around there. So we'll see how many weeks it keeps lasting. Yeah, they just lost uh, the series opener to the Cubs yesterday, but... Um, that's Kyle Hendricks back on the mound. He's not too bad. I actually took the Cubs at plus money, but we took them on the card today and they got back in their winning ways. So, uh, expect the the Rays to stay around with the Braves and Dodgers. And I expect the Orioles, Rangers, Astros, Yankees, D-backs just missing out. I'll stay in the mix a bit. Um, I think that Astros team is really good, uh, as they always are. And they're getting healthy too. So finding pitching out of nowhere, which is nuts to me. So many injuries in Houston. Yeah, I agree. Make sure to look out for our power rankings each and every week. But I got another point here in the MLB. A true inspiration, less than five months since his first treatment for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Liam Hendricks is back on the mound for the White Sox, playing just playing an inning in his emotional return against the Angels on Monday night. So great feat for him to be back just five months after his treatment. Hoping for the best for him. Yeah, we've been riding this White Sox team. They're not necessarily the best team, but there's been value on them, and uh, we definitely hopped on them. We took them today; they burned us, but um, we've definitely we've definitely been on this team, and good to see him back. I think if you're if you're at odds better on the on divisions um, to win the division, grab it in the middle of the season. I like the White Sox to win this division. I know the Guardians and Twins, um, pretty solid teams, and Tigers not playing terrible baseball, but I think the White Sox have a lot of talent. Um, pretty underrated team. Lucas Giolito leads their staff. Dylan Cease. Um, Hendricks now in the back end. I don't know if he'll get that closer role back, but they have some other good names like Joe Kelly. 
in, in supporting roles. But I like Jimenez, Moncada, uh, Lewis Robert, Tim Anderson. Yeah, they have a great team. Um, I think they're going to start turning up. That's why we've been hitting them so much. Tough today, but that White Sox team in that weak division, in my opinion, uh, could get back to the playoffs. I like that division take. Well, twins are scary, but they have the their bullpen's terrible. I can't bet on them. Yeah, they're losing to teams like the Astros right now. And I I, I was taking the White Sox against the Twins, I believe, in a series or two ago, and the White Sox paid dividends for me. So I'm gonna keep riding that. I took the Blue Jays and the Astros in a parlay tonight, and Manoa's been so bad lately, dude. He's awful. He's just. He's just fat and awful right now. No, he'll bounce back. He's young. So this is a bad year. It's an outlier. I like him. I like I root for, I like him just because of WU guy. It's tough when he plays the Red Sox, but I think he's good. But uh, he's gonna bounce back maybe next year, second half of the season. I hope so. I hope fucking they can either get him off the mound or he can turn it around here. I mean, he's been all right since the first, but Blue Jays. I don't even think they can get guys on base right now. I haven't really been watching, but two. It's been two nothing since the first. We have another player returning to the mound. It's been 1,029 days since Michael Soroka stepped on a big league mound. He returns for the first time since tearing his right ACL twice. Soroka struck out three over six innings to work into his return. So lots of good stuff there. Any comment? Uh, it's just another addition for that Braves team. I mean, look at them. They've been in our power rankings, what, every week? Top three, usually? And now they get another uh, stud back into their into their staff. Yeah, they're they're right there right, with the uh, with the Rays, but obviously in the National League, definitely one of the best teams in the National League consistently so far this year. You know what's nice is guys like Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd, who are high prospects, get to fill back into their role with guys like Soroka stepping back into the prominent role for right now. I mean, they need more time to develop. Haven't had too much success this year in their de- season debuts, um, career debut se- this season. But I expect a lot from them. Good farm system, good team. Braves keep rolling in the NL East. Meanwhile, in the American League, our top-ranked team also gets a boost with Tyler Glass now. Saturday's outing marked his 17th start to begin since the beginning of the 2021 season. He's dealt with both the oblique issues and a Tommy John surgery he underwent in August of 2021. He had two appearances the following year in 2022 and struck out eight over four in two-thirds innings against the Dodgers in his debut this season. So, Ray is just always on the top of our list. What do you guys think? I like, uh, I'm a Glassnell guy, former Pirate. I root for him. I hated to see him go down with that injury last year. Uh, excited to see him back. I have him on my fantasy team, so excited to activate him off the IL, get him get back going. Remember how electric he was in that World Series against the Dodgers? I mean, his curveball was filthy. His fastball was electric. Hope he returns to form. It's only fitting that his uh, season debut this year was against the Dodgers, and he's still a fan, but like, what, eight? That's pretty crazy in your, in your debut against such a potent lineup. Um, expect a lot out of him. That's a that's a powerhouse, that farm system, the pitching staff, their coaches there in Tampa Bay. They just build prospects. They breed. Everybody that comes up is good. I know they got him from Pittsburgh, but he's developed into a stud there, and uh, he's going to lead that rotation, I think, for the rest of the year. Yeah, that killed me to watch him in that World Series. He's insane. That's exactly what you need to. I think I think I think we got one in Keller now. Imagine you had the one two punch. We can't do that. You can't pay two guys. No, no. Can barely pay one. Yeah. <laughs> We're paying our position players. We don't worry about the pitchers. With that, the Rays are the first team this year to hit a hundred home runs. Uh, hit 100 home runs this season. They didn't. They weren't able to reach that point until August 12th of last season. So definitely picking it up this year. I mean, who's the best player in the Rays in your opinion? I think it's Franco, but Randy Rosarina is pretty good. I like Franco, but that whole lineup just mashes, and they they get different guys in there day in and day I out. Feel, is it just me or like I feel like a Rosarina is just like a role player that like came out of nowhere and is like everyone's waiting on him to hit this cliff and just like stop being good but Mm -hmm. he's been doing it since the world series three years ago two years ago and what's crazy is how elite he gets in the playoffs his numbers jump up even more than they do now 
But um, this year he's really like, coming like to his own. You don't think about him as like we're talking about the best players in the league. You're not even. He's not even remotely. You know what I mean? Like, but look at his stats and look yeah. at what he does every night and look at the team he plays on in the toughest division in the league. I mean, I agree. What what a team! Just that that whole system they have down in Tampa. And they're kind of revitalizing it too. The fans are coming along and reasons like that. I mean, pitching, hitting, fielding, speed, youth, um, coaching. That's why they're at the top of our leaderboards right week in and week out. Um, expect that team to continue rolling for years to come. Good stuff there. My next point in the MLB, Spencer Strider wearing number 99. He's the first picture in the MLB to reach 100 strikeouts this season. and Fastest to do it in league history. It's a pretty impressive feat there. Fastest in league history to get 100 strikeouts in the season. Or um, I think this has a little bit to do with pitch clock and that kind of stuff favoring certain people in certain times of the game but any thoughts on that ace i didn't know much about him last year and last year was my first year playing fantasy baseball and i picked him up like two weeks into the season on undrafted just picked him up on the waiver was he was last year his first year that like he was really a part of their starting rotation yeah, because I believe this year is still considered his rookie maybe. No, I, I'm not too sure, but he's he's a stud. I mean, he's really he's like, so what good, the, dude. I he... love him in the style with the mustache. Yeah, and he, I, dude, he's... I forget about him, too, because when you think about the Braves, you don't think about their pitching staff. And you remember guys like Soroka and Freed, but here comes Spencer Strider is the best pitcher in the MLB. And he's lights out. I always out. think of Max Freed. I love Max Freed, and I love, I love Strider. Those were my two, two of my best pitchers on my team last year. I mean, the, the run support he gets, but then just mowing guys down himself. And he's young, too. He's going to be doing this for a while. Uh, he's got the whole NL on notice. Yeah, he can whip it, dude. He's really good. It's early on, but it's it's nice to say with that stat that Jesse just gave us that he's probably most likely to be your NL All-Star game starter. I didn't put this in the notes, but also, did you guys see that the MLB All-Star ballots dropped today? That's pretty cool. So, uh I'm going to have to start paying attention a bit more and start giving some guys some nods as the week goes on. Because uh, some of the names we've been talking about already today, Rosarina, Franco, um, we didn't say him yet, but Otani mashed two today and beat us on the card with the White Sox. But they're, they're already looking like locks for these all-star lineups. Strider, one of them too. All right, that's going to wrap up everything we have for the MLB this week. Got one point in the college uh, basketball world. Star guard Caleb Love, who recently decommitted from the University of Michigan, has officially committed to play for the University of Arizona in the fall of 2023. So he's back on the board here. What what do we think? I think this is this is big. The Pac-12 Pac-12 is going to have some names next year. Obviously, we know what USC is doing with with Bronny James uh, coming there. He's likely going to be a six man, maybe a starter there, depending how his career goes. But uh, Pac-12 gets another star in Caleb Love. I did not see him going there, but um, obviously the, he was at North Carolina the past couple of years. He committed to Michigan, decommitted to Michigan, and uh, now we're going to see him go out to Arizona. And uh, pretty, I mean, there's those we all know the Blue Bloods, but Arizona is definitely up there as a as a very known basketball program. And um, I'm excited to see him go out there to the Pac-12 and see what he can do. That's definitely a- one of the top college basketball players in the league or in the country. And then he's going to one of the top college basketball programs. Obviously, he's only associated himself with the marquee schools, but he's looking to go high in the NBA draft. So I think going to Arizona only boosts his uh, boosts his stock. Absolutely, that is crazy. North Carolina, and if he would have went to Michigan, but North Carolina, Michigan, Arizona, those are three just like elite college basketball programs. He gets a whole different look at the tournament too coming into this year when they get there. Alrighty, that's going to wrap up everything we have for episode 40 of season two. Lots to look forward to as we move into the Stanley Cup finals, the NBA finals, NFL only 99 days away, and our NHL Draft Kings prize pool is live. So make sure you check out that $2,000 prize pool given away. Free entry, totally private for our followers and viewers. So make sure you check that out. That's all I got this week. You guys got anything else to add? All states. All states. Make sure you have that in there. Yeah, even my folks up here in Rhode Island that are diehard hit the books fans, 
Uh, I know you're already downloading that app, clicking that link and joining, but make sure you go tell a, tell a friend, as they like to say, if you see the police, warn a brother. No. Um, but yeah, uh, let's go. We're excited for this DraftKings uh, contest. Uh, hopefully, hopefully someone good that deserves it wins it. That uh, is a big HDB fan. Check out our socials for our picks. We've been crushing the MLB, getting back on track to green. Love to see that. So, uh, yeah, let's roll. Finals coming up. Excited to talk about next week. There's going to be no sweeps. Mark my word. Yeah, I, I agree. But I agree with that last take, but I couldn't have said it better myself. Like Jesse said, the DraftKings prize pool is now live. Um, fuck, I really thought Guerrero, uh, Vladdy Guerrero was going to go yard for me there, and I was going to get really hyped. But, um, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. A little more uh, NHL uh, Stanley Cup final and NBA final talk as they get rolling this weekend. So stay tuned to the social medias for all that stuff. Um, we get Mackie back next week from Cancun. Ask him how his trip was. I'm sure it looked like he was playing a little bit of golf today. So it looks wait, like he was having wait, a great I, time. Wait, I know so. I got. I have a score from today. What did he shoot? I'm, let me look. Live on episode Mackey's uh, first official golf score. Michael Mackey playing at the Aberastar Playa Paricio golf course. 18 holes. It looked like there was a good crew of them. The, go- the boy got one birdie, three pars, and shot a plus 21. Yeah, Mackie, nice, nice round. Where's Mackie? Probably, probably doesn't even time. remember the last nine holes. That's what I'm thinking. We're missing Mackie repping uh, some Padres hat or something. Definitely not a Mets hat because he knows his team's not very good. But Huff and I today both repping our baseball teams. That's how you know it's officially baseball season. Yeah, you're right. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.